Hello, everyone. Hello and happy Thursday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beyond Small Talk. My name is Jackie Janik, and I'm a women's empowerment coach, helping women uncover their purpose and define their own path in the world. And today you are watching Beyond Small Talk, real conversations, real women, elevating real womankind one talk at a time. And today our co-host, her name is Jen Schultz, and she is at the non nine. To five. Now, what is the non nine to five, Jen? We're very excited to have her on and get, let's dig deep on what does it mean to be the non nine to five. So Jen teaches how you to quit your job, stand on your own two feet, find and pursue your non nine to five purpose. Now, I've been one of these dreaming of being a non nine non nine to fiver for a really long time i'm sorry guys i'm tripping over my words dentist so i think my mouth is still <laughs> oh my god hi jen hi i wasn't sure if i was doing it right i'm the worst with tech oh no i think we have some wi-fi jen but i see you you're on and again i apologize i was at the dentist for lunch and my mouth is like little still under the um numbness like it was like hours ago how is that happening um okay so we're just having a little technical difficulties jen um you are scrolling i don't think that's i'm not scrolling benita am i scrolling am i scrolling benita am i scrolling no i'm still good right here, I'm going to invite Jen back again. And okay, so we're going to be talking about the non nine to five and what it's like to stand on your own two feet. There you are. I think I'm back now. Okay, you're good. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Thank you. I was just saying I'm a little bit tripping over my words. I was at the dentist for lunch. Oh, that's <laughs> and <a fun> lunch. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, way to go lunch at the dentist. But uh, Dr. Lee did an awesome job, made my pearly whites, pearly whites. So I'm very happy and uh, thankful that I went. But I think I'm still numb. So please excuse any like, no worries. Over the you're, you're good. I have one tech question. Sure. The way I see us here. How do I get um, it has all like I've joined and all these different people's names. Oh, on like the comments. Yeah. yeah. So I could turn off the commenting for you, and then I mean, we no, could turn. Can comment. I just was. I'm like seeing myself with these words. It seemed kind of weird. <laughs> see, it, so it's gone, right? Do you yeah. see them anymore? Yeah. So everyone, we'll put back comments towards the end because I'm sure like there's going to be questions and things like that. But welcome everyone and welcome Jen. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. Um, I'm excited to get on this topic. We've had conversations before, but being this non nine to fiver, especially, you know, past po uh, pandemic world, I'm even more intrigued because I think this whole world of like being in this nine to five is kind of like so passe. But can you tell us a little bit about how and why you created non nine to five? Yeah. So um, basically about 10 and a half years, I was employed as a teacher in New York City. And I was going through a time of my life where I was feeling massively depressed, uh, ridden with anxiety. And um, I felt really lost and confused, had pretty low self-esteem. Um, but there had been something sort of in the background for me of, of my mind or in the background of my heart, if you will, 
that I was meant to go um, and do work while I was in service to others because that's why I went into teaching. I wanted to be in, in service to children. Um, I wanted to do something on my own though, where I didn't have to have someone telling me what to do, how to do it, what I could and couldn't say to the parents of kids, etc. And um, it kind of was like push came to shove. And in December of 2010, I quit my full-time job. I did not have another full-time job lined up for myself. Um, but that started to put me on the journey of self-employment or entrepreneurship, whatever you want to call it, having your own business. And uh, my first business, I was working with children, doing one-on-one -on -one work with kids with disabilities. My business was called The Teacher on the Go. And that was me. I was the teacher on the go. And, um, and then I, I realized, though, in time, I've been doing that about a year, year and a half or so, that I wasn't the only person that in the world that didn't think that she could actually go out on her own and create something. Um, but I had done that and I was doing it. And so from there, I decided that I wanted to take my natural skill and talent for, for teaching um, and bring that to adults. And so the non nine to five was born. Um, I'm coming up on almost my eight year anniversary coming up real soon. And um, now I get to support, guide, teach, educate women how to be in business for themselves and how to quit the nine to five and do exactly what I did. Yeah, and every time you keep saying quit the nine to five, I'll be, like, I, I get, you know, I'm older, I'm an older, you know, more mature woman. And, you know, it's deep rooted that this is how it's supposed to work, that people are supposed to work nine to five, you go home, it's like, you know, and I don't know, it just hearing anybody saying I quit my job without another job just brings like total fear <laughs> in me. And um, because that's how I was kind of raised and brought up. And, you know, I was around people that were like, if you had a job, you stayed at your job. And currently I do have a full time job. And I call it my day job. And it is a nine to fiver. And I've been there 14 years. And there's people there that were there for like 20 years, like they did their whole career there, retired. And then that was it. Um, I just don't, you know, I don't think that's right or wrong. It's just what is more what's fulfilling for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, even dabbling in both, like crossing over, like what, what catapulted you to actually do it in crossover? Like what was like the bottom? Like you're, you're like, you know, at the bottom said like, it's got to get better than this or. Yeah. You know, honestly, um, it's not a really, it's not a really beautiful story, but um, I was at a quote unquote rock bottom place in my life. Everyone's rock bottom looks different. And yeah. for me at that time, um, I was so miserable in my life and um, so exhausted at working at that school. One caveat though, just to share is I love children. I love working with kids. So that was the hardest, that was mm -hmm. the hardest, um, I don't want to say thing. Those were the hardest people to leave behind was actually leaving the kids I was teaching. But um, I was in such a bad space where when the weekend would come, I would go and just drink a heck of a lot of alcohol. And I would do that to forget about the week mm -hmm. that I had just had. 
And when you're, you know, we all know, because we're all smart enough to know that alcohol really doesn't have any um, positive things to it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually reading a book right now called, um, what is the name of it? Oh, Quit Like a Woman. And it's about how to stop drinking in a culture obsessed with alcohol. Um, Which it is, and especially in mom culture, too. Like, everything's like your T-shirt, like, oh, mom juice and things like that. We live in a very alcoholic space world. And don't get me wrong. I drink. I love my beer on the weekend, things like that. So there's no judgment. But yeah. you're right. We live in a really heavy alcohol environment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And actually, the, in this book, she talks about that, you know, like the mom juice and all of that stuff. So, um so at that time in my life, I was just wanting to rage on the weekends, if you will. Mm. And one Saturday night, I went out. I drank a lot of alcohol um, to the point where, embarrassingly enough, I thought it would be really hysterical that I go behind the bar at a bar in New York City and I start bartending. That's how drunk I was. Mm. And I ended up um, getting a, a cab home and got very sick all over my bedroom and I woke up on Sunday morning um, just kind of looking around going like what what's wrong with me what am I doing and that was actually the catalyst um, of me finally going and quitting my job my mental health was not good my physical health was not good and I was numbing with alcohol to feel better about myself and about my life so that was like that was the, the defining moment if you will yeah I hear you I hear you on that <laughs> sometimes you're like let's just numb ourselves so we forget about it but really that's not a way to live as uh like you're saying like a, in a sustainable way that's not sustainable like it's not sustainable no, and again, like you said before, no judgment with alcohol. I had a glass yeah. of wine the other night, um, but, you know, that wasn't sustainable for me, nor was it healthy, nor was it going to get me closer to, you know, what my real dreams and visions were. Right, 100%. It's a, very, it's a place that totally fogs your mind. You don't perform well. Like, so many things, people. Like, and, again, no judgment. I do it. I've been there. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. Like, it just um, – let's move on. on. Um, <laughs> tell us what's going on. Um, okay, so can we talk a little bit more about who – is there any like, person that typically comes to you to work with you that wants this whole – um, nine to five world. Is there any commonality between that person? Sure. I mean, I always look at the women that I work with are a version of myself because mm -hmm. I was once where all of these women are right now. Um, these are also women who I say are high level women. They're highly motivated women. They are, um, they're deep women. They think about things deep they feel things deeply this vision of self-employment for them while um, for anyone any any type of job that we're doing one of the results of that job is to make money so you can live a certain type of lifestyle and while that is important for all of these women of course 
What actually is more important is being able to do work in the world that is aligned with them, that they know in their heart that they're meant to be doing rather than, for example, sitting behind a desk five days a week behind a computer or taking meetings about meetings about meetings, which is, you know, it's a whole joke in corporate, but I once worked in an office and it was the most ridiculous thing. And intuitively I knew then that this was ridiculous to me. Um, so they're high level, they're highly motivated. Um, these are women who believe in some sort of a higher power. They want to strengthen their own relationship with their intuition. And it's important to share that, you know, our intuition is synonymous with our relationship to a higher power. It's the gut feeling, it's the stuff we know in our heart. And we give so much, um, uh, this is not the word I wanna use, but we give so much credit we give so much to logic and being realistic. Um, it actually like it, it, I can feel my own passion kind of come up as I say that mm -hmm. because it's ridiculous to me where we know inside of ourselves what we want, yet we get so afraid that we just keep ourselves right there and we're not willing to take another step. And the women that come to me, you know, they're in those places but they're also like, I'm not willing to go another day. I'm not willing to, to, to do what I've been doing. And that's a pretty big deal. Um, Cause I was once in that place too. I got to a place where I was like, I'm not willing anymore. I'm not gonna live my life like this. And um, you know, transformation is, uh, transformation is really taking massive steps out of one's comfort zone. Um, all the things that feel comfortable to us, in order to make transformation, we have to get uncomfortable. Um, and that means we have to make massive changes. And so these women are willing to do that, even though it's scary, they're willing. Yeah, I say um, change is inevitable and growth is optional. <laughs> Um, but yeah, talk about intuition too. Um, I think, and I wonder, how, you know, probably where this started for a lot of women that we feel it, we know it, it's something in there, like how you said in the gut, that's where always I feel it. I feel like my stomach kind of gets like, that's where it all starts. And yet sometimes we just ignore it. I'm just like, hey, intuition, thanks for showing up. I'm not listening to you. Like, I just find it. And I do this all the time, too. And then I go back and I'm like, oh, my God, my intuition knows. Like, your intuition knows. And if we learn how to not only tap into it, but listen and then put it into action, I think that's sometimes where I stop. Um, I hear it. I acknowledge it. I know it. I know who she's talking to. And I know she's right. And then the action comes. And then sometimes I think that's the part where many women might just like stop you know even intuition of like you're walking down the street and you get this weird feeling like eh, i don't think i should be here you know has i mean especially as women i think we felt that before and you've been in new york city there's been times i've been on a subway car and i was like mm, i'm not feeling this car right now right and then you move away mm -hmm. um i just find that uh, interesting but this is like a large part of women that come to you they take that action from their intuition Mm -hmm. Yes, which is awesome, which is awesome. I love when I watch women do that, when I hear their stories of like, my, my gut, it just said, go for it. And then they do. I'm always like, oh, my God, 
I'm your biggest cheerleader when I hear that from other women. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't know. I just admire really hard women who do that. And I'm like, sometimes they're sometimes not like, anyway. Um, so when you're on this path, what is like step one that you can offer to the beyond small talk community of like becoming, if this is what they want, they know it. And I know you have a whole session about clarity, um, maybe you want to talk about that wherever you want it to go, but what tip can you give us? Like, what would you say to do? Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier and, you know, if you're, I think there's a, there's two things I can share here. And the first one that comes to my mind is that if you know in your heart that you want to be self-employed, that you're meant to be self-employed. You know, it, it comes from a, a heart knowing, it comes from a heart and a gut knowing. Um, you know, no one can tell you if it's right or wrong to want to have your own business. If you know that that's meant for you, but then the question is, well, what exactly would I do? How would I do it? Could I be successful? There are a couple of questions that you can ask yourself and I would definitely recommend writing these down and, and going to work on them. Um, one is really might sound kind of simple. One is what do I love? And just make a list of anything that you love. And it's really important that you don't judge yourself or censor yourself. Like if you're like, I like the rock. I have a rock right here, actually. Next to me. <laughs> I like the rock that's sitting next to me. Okay, because then you'd be like, that's crazy. But no, it's not about because that's judging yourself. So it's like, what do I love? Then uh, a similar question is, what am I passionate about? But that can be something, you know, your passions can be different than what do you love? Or they might be the same. It, it really just depends person to person. Then a couple of questions that I like posing is, um, uh, what is a hardship that I have overcome? And the reason why I pose that question is if you have faced adversity in your life, no matter what it is, maybe you were bullied as a kid. Um, maybe you failed math in school and then went on to get an A in math in college, say from high school to college. Um, it was something a lot more, you know, it was more traumatic than, than those. Um, if you've had a hardship or if you faced adversity and you've come out on the other side in some way, shape or form, you are poised to help people in that area. It's natural. It's like God given, if you will, no one can teach you that. Um, you've experienced it, but since you've experienced it and you know what it looks like and what it feels like and what's on the other side, you can then teach other people. Now teaching other people, whether that's a service or through a product. And so you have to start the beginnings of a, of a business right there. Um, you can also ask yourself, what am I an expert in? And always important to know when I share this question with women, some women automatically in their mind will go, I'm not an expert in anything or I don't, or maybe I'm an expert in this area, but I don't think I really am. Mm -hmm. That should be a real stretch. You've got to really go, what's something I'm good at? What do I think I'm good at? If you can't start with like, what am I an expert? In? What do I think I'm good at? What do people tell me I'm good at? What do people say? Um, you know, what do people thank me for? What do people acknowledge me for? Family members, friends, coworkers, colleagues, etc. 
That is such a valid point because as women, one, we always like diminish our what we can do or our skills or talent. I've noticed that during interviews, I interview people and between men and women, what they say they do. And then from their resume, I'm always like blown away. You know, when women read job descriptions, I hear a lot that we say, oh, well, we don't have that one little line that we can't do. But men are like, hey, I got 50% of this. I'm going for the job right? That we just automatically diminish our talents, skills, and just, as you said, God-given gifts, and find it difficult to call ourselves experts in an area. Mm -hmm. And I had this um, challenge, like mindset, for a pretty long time in my early 30s. And then when I keep hearing women, other women, they're like, how many steps are you ahead of someone else that literally think of it this way, makes me an expert. So if I'm teaching somebody about, you know, whatever, I'm a big thing. When you were talking about what I love, I was like, I love tea. Like, I love tea. I wish I knew more about, like, teas. I just love tea. It's like um, if I just knew how to make it or whatever, just a little bit more than someone who knows nothing about teas, I can call myself an expert, right? That was my mind shift change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, and you know, and the other thing, uh, what I wanted to share from there is that myself claiming myself as an expert, even into the business, and I've been doing this work for almost eight years, took me a number of years to really be able to claim that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I can confidently, with one hundred and ten percent confidence, say yes. I'm an expert in what it takes to quit your nine to five job to, as I like to say, stand on your own two feet, to find your non nine to five purpose again, as I like to call it, and to create successful self-employment because I've been in the trenches, so to speak. And, um, and it's something that I will, that I will never stop doing because it's, it's innate in me and we all have something that's innate in us. Also important, though, to note that being self-employed, the the non-nine-to-five isn't for everyone, and there's no right or wrong or judgment. It's just a matter of um, how badly do I want this and answering just really honestly. Because some of us say we want things badly and we'll dabble in it, but we won't go 100% because in the back of our minds, something else is going on. We don't want it as badly as we say we want it. Nothing wrong with that. It's just getting clear on, you know, that what that is for ourselves. Do I want this badly? Yes or no. Do I say I want it badly, but I'm not willing to take the actions? Yes or no. And if it's something you want badly, then, you know, besides the questions that I gave, because those are just kind of, those are, you know, just a couple of questions to to answer. um, I... I mean, not because I just do this for a living, get support. This is not a journey that someone is meant to do on their own. Yes, it's called self-employment. You know, myself, I'm, I'm employing myself, but this is not meant to do alone. Um, I've been watching some amazing interviews recently with Les Brown, who I am such a huge fan of and have been for years. Les Brown, if, if you don't know who he is, at this point, he's 76 years old. He has an amazing story of how he grew up as a child facing massive adversity 
Um, he's a black man facing just, I mean, the stories he shares about racism, but what he's created for himself. And the reason why I'm bringing him up is that in a recent interview, or actually I think the interview was done a couple of years ago, but I just watched it recently. He shares about basically that same thing, get support. He rattles off a list of some amazingly successful people and he brings in sports. Like, you know, this person in basketball, like Michael Jordan would have not been able to be successful. If it wasn't for his coach. I know nothing about basketball and sports, so I don't know <laughs> names of anyone else, but get support. Don't try and do it alone. And, and I also say that from a place of complete experience, I have had the same business coach and mentor for eight years without skipping a beat because I'm that committed yeah. and, and that's available to all of us. For sure. I just recently taught a workshop on building your own COS, um, circle of support. And I heard it called circle of support in the autism community. I was in a meeting and my, uh, a supportive person in there, but his name was, um, Lee, he goes, so who's in your COS? And I said, what's a COS? And I'm one who's like in networks. And, and he goes, that's your circle of support. He goes, you cannot do this whole thing on your own. Like it just can't happen. You can't navigate the world of you get it, special needs and things like that on your own. So I consider everyone, um, I give them a hashtag team Sophie. <laughs> that's my daughter's name. And I consider my support is like everyone from the bus matron to teachers to therapists to the gymnastics coach like to me like you have to really think I couldn't just be me and Sophie it's like I need this whole community in order for her to thrive and me to thrive as a mother so passing that on, like, think that, like, for women, too, um, I say, why do we want to do it all on our own? There's, like, why? Why? I, I, you know, in my early 20s, I don't know about you, I was like, I want to be Miss Independent. Like, oh, I can do it all on my own. I'm Miss Independent. I have my own money, this, that. And then when I got to my 30s, I was like, screw that. Like, I want interdependence. I want help. I want a community. I want people that have expertise in areas that I don't. I can't know everything about everything, right? Mm -hmm. That's right, yeah. I think it's, you know, as women, it's important to be independent. However, that word can sometimes get kind of skewed. Um, yeah. And there's this sense of, if I don't do this on my own, or if I can't do this on my own, I am weak. And that's a load of crap, <laughs> it's not true. Um, because one of the things I think back and you were talking about your daughter, I used to, um, with my first business teacher on the go at one point during that work, I homeschooled an autistic child for several years. And I remember doing some units of study on these Indian tribes. Some of them I had familiar with learning back in school back in the day, but also different ones I'd never heard of. And, you know, the common thread as we were learning this together and going through this unit of study was the massive amount of community. No one did anything alone. You know, different, we're, we, live in a, we live in a different time from when I, we were, her and I were studying that going way, way, way back. But everything was done as a community, as a group. You always had support. You always had someone you can go to. And for some reason, this might sound crazy, but I was just having a conversation with my neighbor this morning and I have a dog who's 
back there sleeping. <laughs> you can't see her. <laughs> and, you know, even dogs, they run in packs. <clears throat> mm -hmm. They're not on their own. And most animals, if I um if I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I'm sure someone knows the answer to this. Most animals run together in some way, shape, or form, too. They're together. It's this yeah. togetherness. And we do live, um, you know, we live in a time where it is very about, like, individual and individualistic and all of that. You know, even on, like, on, uh, you know, take Instagram, for example. It took me a while to actually get on here with my business. I just started at the beginning of... 2020 and a lot of stuff that I see um and I want to be clear I'm not putting anyone down but it's very like look at me and this is about me and it's very it's very very individualized and nothing wrong with being an individual because I'm one you're one the work that I do with my clients is completely individualistic and we also have community component as well um but there's something to be said when we join with other people and we take the mask off with other people and we allow ourselves to get vulnerable with other people. And in the community where I'm a client of, I'm a member with my coach, I feel safe and comfortable to be completely vulnerable there and ask for support. And if I didn't have that, hands down, I know for a fact, I would not be here right now. I would not be able to do what I'm doing. 100%, 100%. And how you were talking about vulnerability, that for some way, shape, or form, how did we all of a sudden think asking for help or being in a community or things like that just makes us weak or vulnerable? And there's a whole study by Brene Brown talking about vulnerability and courage go hand in hand. You can't be vulnerable without courage, right? And you don't have courage without vulnerability. And I just find that so fascinating and true. And quite honestly, I, when I had that mind shift change around that forming community, asking for help, um, actually there's no harm or foul or shame. Life got so much better. I was like, I love asking for help now. <laughs> I asked for it a lot. I'm like, hey, can you do this? Hey, what do you know about this? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. And um, yes, like you said, too, you wouldn't be where you are today um, if you didn't have a supportive community. And whatever that community looks like for you or your needs at the time, they change, evolve, and shift, which is all wonderful. But yes, Beyond Small Talk is a community and strongly, strongly recommend that everyone gets um, some sort of network to help. And if you don't reach out to either of us, <laughs> Jen or myself, we'll find you a community and we'll help you build one. Um, do we, can you tell us a little bit more, would you like to share about what you have going on, your program or where we can go find you? Yeah. So actually, um, I want to make sure I share this. If anything here has resonated with anyone watching this and you are going, yeah, I, I want to create this. This is something I want. I don't know all the answers, but it feels like self-employment is the road for me. Or maybe you've already started self-employment and you're, you're really struggling. Um, if you go to my page, the non nine to five, I don't know if page is the right word on Instagram, my something, <laughs> you go to the non nine to five on Instagram, there's uh, a link in my bio slash profile there that will take you to a clarity call application. 
And that's an invitation to have a private one-to-one -one call with me. It's a one hour call and that's valued at $300 and that's my gift to you. And uh, you fill out the application there and I will personally receive it and review it. And um, from your application, see if it makes sense for us to connect for a call and we'll have a call. And on the call, you'll share with me, you know, what you're struggling with, what your vision really is and what it is you really want for yourself when it comes to your non nine to five purpose, being successfully self-employed. Um, and we'll see if, excuse me. <laughs> Hold on, <what> <laughs> I know I drink a lot right now. Yeah, I'm talking, there's like saliva in my mouth. And I, okay, that's really embarrassing. But and we will see if the work that I do is a match for you. Um, so you can go there. And then also, if you go to my website, the non nine to five dot com, there also, you can um, put in your first name and your email address. And I will send you a mini PDF ebook that I've written called the number one step to staying with your business mission. Right. So I'll include all this in the notes section um, because we do turn IG live into a podcast. So it's on Apple and Spotify. So I'll give you guys all the details and the links. And again, um, link in bio for Jen at the non nine to five. So this was awesome. I'm also going to share in the notes the questions because um, last season I met with a brain doctor, Dr. Habanova. She's brilliant. And I, at my age, don't always remember everything like off the cuff. So now I take a lot of notes. This is my every, every, <laughs> every Beyond Small Talk. I have post-its notes up the wazoo. And because every co-host on Beyond Small Talk just offers unlimited amount of tips, tools, knowledge, and insights. And you completely delivered today. Thank you so much, Jen. I really, really appreciate your time. And I'm sure the Beyond Small Talk community does as well. So reach out to Jen if you have any questions. Go to her side. Let's get you all clear on what you want, people. So thank you so much, Jen. Thank you, thank you. Beyond Small Talk is every Thursday at 4 o'clock. And check us out on Apple and Spotify. This will be up tomorrow. Thanks so much, Jen. Thank you. Bye. Bye.